Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. that we have in the system. Obviously, something is going on there because I don't believe the Nets are playing anybody anytime soon. But there is more basketball to be played in the Eastern Conference as the Celtics get a win and they avoid elimination. There will now be a Game 5 in Boston, and maybe the Celtics can make things interesting here. And look, I hate the Heat, so I respect Jimmy Butler. I have great respect for Pat Riley, of course, and Spolstra. But I want the Heat out. So if Boston could come back, this would be a sweet one here. Now, you get that first one, tough to get. You know, Game four, you lost the first three, you're on the road. But you win that, now you get it back to your building. Are you really going to lose three straight in your home building? I don't know. Then you force the issue game six, all the pressure in the world on Miami. See, I'm already painting the picture. This is how it gets done. Then come back for game seven, and Boston can't lose that after winning three straight, could they? Anyway, we'll see what happens. When is uh, Fleeks? You know when Game Five is in this series? Not to, obviously not tonight. Thursday night. Every other day, Thursday night. Okay, Thursday night for Game Five in that uh, Celtics and Heat series. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Mike is calling from Comac, New York. What's up, Mike? What's up, Sal? Listen, I don't want to crush it, but about a month ago I called you. You told me the kids weren't ready, and now you're sitting here telling us why Alvarez should be in the lineup. All right. I'm well, a big well fan which which kid? No, that's fine. We could we could argue about or, or discuss it. Which kids specifically are you talking about? So you, all of them. I want every one well, of these kids up here, Sal. Right. Okay, but which one are you talking about in particular that I said was not ready? Alvarez, because Beatty, because Beatty was here, and Alvarez finally, within the last couple of weeks, is starting to look like a major leaguer now. But you have to, the kid's 21 years old, Sal. Listen, this is what I don't understand after looking at this lineup tonight. There is no reason that Alvarez, Beatty, and Vientos, and, and Mauricio, who's not even here yet, there's no reason that these kids shouldn't be in this lineup every single day. Buck tries to find a way to get Tommy Pham and Daniel Vogel back in this lineup like they're hitting 380 with with 20 home runs each. It's crazy. And I'm going to be honest with you, Sal. The only reason that these kids got called up, and I firmly believe this at the bottom of my heart as a Met fan, is because the pressure that the Met fans put on this organization to call them up. That's the only no, reason these I don't, kids are here. I don't... I don't believe that because there are two clear reasons why they're here, and each is different. With Beatty, it was two things. One, Escobar was struggling. Two, Beatty was on fire. So that's Beatty. Alvarez is here. Mauricio? Why? Well, well, hold on a sec. But hold Mauricio on a sec. Why, Mike, why, Mike, hold on a sec. Why is Alvarez here? Do you know why Alvarez? To be here. No, 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 no. Why do you think Alvarez got called up, though? Why is he here? 
I think he got called up because the catchers got hurt. Correct, because Narvaez got hurt. That's the only reason why Alvarez was here. They literally had no other choice. They bring up Alvarez. And then Vientos is here. Vientos is here because he kept forcing the issue, hitting home runs every freaking night, and they had no choice but to call him up. So each guy is different. And look, I will say this. I was wrong for trusting the Mets. And what the Mets were saying was that the kids aren't ready. And not all the kids. Beatty was a different example. They, Vientos, not ready. They don't think he has a position at the major leagues, which is total bullcrap because what's Vogelback's position at the major league level? Like, he doesn't have, if Vientos can hit, he should be up here. And now that he is here, he should be playing DH every single day. Same with Alvarez. Now that he's gotten going here, he should be the primary catcher. So I'm with you now, but those are the reasons why these guys got called up. But my, but, but my question to you, Sal, is, is every one of those kids that were in Syracuse, they every one of them earned the right to be here, not because somebody got hurt. Well, every not Alvarez. single one of them. Yes, Alvarez, Alvarez is not. No. No, he didn't. Sal, How? Every one of Sal. What else does what else do these kids have to do in AAA Syracuse in order to get called up? Well, Alvarez, Alvarez, Alvarez didn't do, do Alvarez didn't do Alvarez didn't do it. No, he had a bad spring training. Alvarez had a ba- first of all. Alvarez was up here last year for a cup of coffee. He was no good. He looked totally overmatched. Then he had a bad spring training this year. In baseball, Sal. I understand that, but you're asking me what he's got to do. I'm, I'm giving you facts. Did you watch him in spring training? What did Anthony Volpe do in spring training? Do you watch him now on the Mets, Sal? Uh, Mike, we're talking the about two different things. We're no, talking we're about not. two different he things. You, no, you you asked you asked what he did to deserve to be here, and I said nothing. He didn't do it. And you can't argue the other way. Volpe, for example, earned the job out of spring training. Alvarez had that opportunity, and he wasn't going to make it anyway, but he didn't do anything with it. Let me ask you this then. Yeah. If Alvarez didn't earn the right to be here, what did the starting what did the starting catchers for the Mets do to earn the spots that they had? Well, Omar Narvaez was an all-star. God, Sal, nobody wants to see Omar Narvaez. Sal, Mike, Mike, you stop. can't ignore the facts, though. You're asking me a question. I'm giving you facts. I understand your but opinion Sal, on it, and I'm not saying that our Omar Narvaez or Tomas Nito are better options than Alvarez. I'm telling you why. Though, if you Sal, can't understand that, Omar Narvaez, oh, Mike, Mike, Omar Narvaez was an all-star in this league. Francisco Alvarez, well, Tomas Nito, those guys. in the world, they don't want Omar Narvaez over Francisco Alvarez. It's crazy. That's yeah, I understand that. that, but but that's but Mike, that's a different story. Met fans want everybody, and that doesn't mean that those guys are good. You think Mark Vientos is the next coming of Daryl Strawberry? Here, He's not. We don't want everybody. We want the kids that have earned the right to be here. That's who right. we want here. So what are you going to be? Mauricio, what are you going to say? What, what are you, yeah, Mauricio, right? Where do you want Mauricio? Where is he going to play? He has earned it. He has deserved a shot to be here. Not right. Again, then what happens? What happens when they don't get it done? What happens when they don't get it done then? play because he's 21. He's not right. 30 like Tommy Pham and Daniel Vogelback. You let them play, Sal. The and then what players. happens let if they don't play. get it done, Mike? What you happens if Vientos... let them play because right. okay. kids, So you'd rather you develop than win, is out. what you're saying. You'd rather develop than win, is what you're saying. Figure it out. Let them figure it out, their kids. What you if they're what not getting. good, Mike? Or Sal, they're kids. Let them figure Mike, it out. What are you Mike, do there are a ton of kids who aren't good. 
Mike, you, you got bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. I can't take it anymore. You're look, Mike. You're you have some decent points. You're too thick-headed in your approach here. The excuse can't be their kids. Let them play. Let them figure it out. Their kids. Let them play. How many kids have come up and totally sucked, Mike? Do the math. You're a Met fan, right? You've been watching it your whole life. Well, the franchise that can't develop a position player to save their soul. So let's not make it like everybody that's a kid in the Mets organization is going to be good. You said Alvarez earned it. He did not. By being a top prospect, is not earning his way onto this roster. He's onto this roster because of an injury to an all-star catcher that they signed in free agency. So you're already wrong on that. Now, what's happened since then? In the opportunity that Alvarez has gotten, the third opportunity He's now made the most of it or is starting to make the most of it, which is why it is ridiculous to even contemplate sending him down. Beatty's here. He's the third baseman. He earned it, worked his way up. He produced. They, he forced the call up. Escobar didn't do anything. Beatty's got the job. Vientos, what has he done as far as prospect-wise? He's not a top prospect. So Vientos is here for two reasons. One, because they have a glaring need of a power bat. Two, because every freaking night in AAA, he was hitting home runs. That's earning the call-up. I thought he was going to be up here once Darren Ruff was DFA'd. I was wrong. To me, Vientos was the clear, it's now or never. And while Vientos has had one big hit, and it was a big one, and the biggest comeback win of the year for the Mets, or the biggest win of the year for the Mets, you know, it's not like he's tearing the cover off the ball. Now, they got to give him an opportunity. But you make it like Vientos is going to be, you know, Piazza part two. Mauricio, who you've, I've, I bet anything, you've never even watched Ronnie Mauricio play. And now he can't miss. He's going to come up and he can't miss. He's star, like every guy you bring up is going to be a superstar. Doesn't work like that. By the way, the bigger picture is that it's all about Lindor, Alonzo, Marte. If these guys don't perform, Scherzer, Verlander, the Mets are shot anyway. You're making too much about the kids. What do you want to develop? Prospects? You want to go back to Generation K? How was that with the kids? How was Alex Ochoa? How was Lasting's Millage? Alex Escobar. How about the kids? The kids, the kids, the kids. Get the kids up. Let the kids play. It's all about the kids, 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 kids. It's not about the kids. Not on a team with the highest payroll in the history of the sport. It's not. And the fact that it is shows you that there are major problems. Now, with all that being said, Alvarez has to play the majority of the time. There's no reason why he should be off today after an off day. Or yesterday now has returned to, what the hell day is it, Wednesday morning? He should be off on a uh, off after an off day. And Vientos getting pinch hit for with Vogelback, it just doesn't make any sense. You either have him in the lineup or you don't. The bigger issue than the kids are not letting them play is that the guys that are in front of them aren't any good. Canna, Fam, Escobar, Vogelback, name a catcher that's not Alvarez. I think Narvaez is fine, but I think that he should split time when he comes back with Alvarez. 
Alvarez has now, now, in the last few weeks, now he's earned it. Now. Not then, not before, not three weeks ago. Now he's earned it. You guys are driving me nuts with the kids. It's so foolish. Tyler is calling from Queens. What's up, Tyler? Hey, Sal. What's good, man? How are you, Tyler? Uh, doing good. Sorry. Uh, well, yo, dude, first of all, we want the Heat to win, yo, because we want Boston to be really bad so we get Jalen Brown. That's one. Uh, interesting. So you're saying if the Celtics get bounced here, then maybe Jalen Brown will become available? Yeah, and he's a great player. But that's not the reason why I called up. But that's just, right, well, I, I would, that's I would take him. I would take him, but I still want the Heat to lose. But go ahead, Tyler. No, yeah, I just came back from the Yankee game. And it was one of those classic me and my buddies were thinking about not going. And then we go down 4 nothing, and we're like, oh, this is a terrible game. And then, of course, we come back in an epic fashion. So it was a great Stay, game. You to stayed be for the end? I'm hoping you stayed for the end. Of course I stayed for the end. I'm not a loser. Come on. Sam. Yeah. Well, well, how old are you? What? I'm 30. How, how old? 30. Yeah, get back to me in 10 years when you're married with a kid. And then then it may be a different story and sitting in traffic there. You got nothing better to do right now so you can stay for the entire game. But anyway, that's, well, that's great. True, I mean, true. you should. Uh, but, dude, Boone with that sacrifice bunt with LeMahieu drives me nuts, man. It's just like, if it's Willie Calhoun or Higgy up to bat, I understand. But I don't know why you're doing that with DJ LeMahieu. I believe, though, Tyler, they said afterward that LeMahieu did it on his own. And it was it was supposed to be more of a safety squeeze where he's got to bunt it past the pitcher. I guess Lemayhu took it upon himself, thinking that he could in that spot bunt it past the pitcher. But it was an it was a stupid idea. Whether it was Lemayhu on his own, whether it was Boone, it was a dumb idea. But I think they did say after the game, I was watching the post game, that Boone uh, made it sound like Lemayhu did that on his own. Oh, okay. That makes it a little better. All right, that's basically all I was telling the legal man. The Odyssey app wasn't working, so I called in so I can listen on my walk home. But have a good night, Tyler. Love you. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate that, man. Love you, too. Thanks for checking in. Good for you. Getting out to the ballpark with some buddies. You know, this, he goes, yeah, of course I stay to the end. I'm not a loser. And I took offense to that because as a 43, a 43-year-old married father now, there are things that I value more than staying for the end of these games. i got to be honest with you. I'm sorry. Now, 20-year-old me would call 43-year-old me a loser, too. But get back to me in 10 years. But that's a great game to go to. And, you know, I think I saw the attendance 40,000. Think about that on a Tuesday night against the Orioles. With no bobblehead giveaway, that's a big draw. But the Yankees are back. And anytime you get a chance to watch Aaron Judge and then he goes out there and does something special like that, that's a good one. Bobby is calling from Orlando, Florida. What's up, Bobby? How you doing, Sal? Good, Bobby. How are you? Good. I'm pumped up. A great show is always pumped up about the Yankees. I'm in lockstep with you about Bader and Judge and Volpe. Ever since, like you said, Bader came back in that Tampa series, really turned the season around, and then Judge has just been on fire since he's been back, like the MVP of last year. And I'm just loving Volpe to see them let the young guy play and all the different things he does. And I'm really pumped up as a Yankee fan right now that they're uh, starting to roll. 
It, you should be because it's been fun here, Bobby, climbing back into the AL East race here uh, where they you know, now just have the Orioles and they're getting closer and closer to, to passing them. The Orioles and the Rays in front of them. But even more than that, forget about just the standings here, the way that they're playing, the energy, the edge, you mentioned it with Volpe, with Judge, with Bader. Those have been the key contributors. Rizzo shouldn't go overlooked. I know sometimes I mm-hmm. do overlook Rizzo, but Rizzo uh, as well. You know, not to mention the bullpen. You know, think about this. I did overlook the bullpen tonight where we mentioned yeah. Garrett Cole didn't have his best stuff. Well, how about Marinaccio, you know, Peralta, and then Michael King. Huge again. Michael King becoming a legitimate weapon for this team out of the bullpen. And it's funny. The Yankees lose guys left and right out of the pen, but they still have a dominant bullpen. Yep, and I love them letting Michael King go for the second inning. I thought that was great. He's, he's uh, you know, having a good inning. Stay with him. I hate when they always just bring somebody else in to see if he doesn't have it. And I like that he did the second inning with him. And I also thought today was a big win because it was an easy one to, to lose. When you're down 4 nothing with the ace on the mound, they fought back. And then the judge homer was huge just to get it Agreed. you know, tied up there. Agreed. That's a big time. And thank you for the call, Bobby. That's a big time home run. I like to call it, and I know it doesn't work for you know the Yankees, but... For me, I call those home runs, those moments like that, Piazza-like moments. Because Piazza was the greatest that I've ever seen at doing that. Nobody captured the moment like Piazza. You needed him to hit home run in that spot, same spot Judge was in last night. He did it. Now, not every single time, obviously, but you felt the big moments. In this spot, Judge comes up. They needed to hit a home run there. They needed Judge to hit a home run there. And he did it to tie the game. Piazza-like moment. And, you know, you, it's a good point with King going two innings. That's what I mean by a weapon. Like, Wandy Peralta's good. King is a weapon because you could deploy him for a couple of innings. Even Marinaccio went two innings. Another guy, Yankees don't just have guys that could go in there and be not necessarily specialists, but they have a couple of guys that can give you multiple innings. And their bullpen's been the best in baseball. Oddly enough, where they don't even have a clear-cut, at least in my eyes, clear-cut definitive closer. Clay Holmes is okay. I don't trust him. I'd rather trust Michael King. Hamilton, at times, has been their best reliever this year. You know, Loisaga went healthy as nasty stuff, and I, we expected him to take over Chapman's role of closer. And obviously that didn't happen the way that we expected. And I still believe Brian Cashman could go out there and get another bullpen on. But the Yankees' bullpen shouldn't go overlooked in this one either. Cole didn't have it. Bullpen held the Orioles at bay. Yankees' bats come back. Ted is calling from Belrose, New York. What's up, Ted? Now, all I can say is I, if, if Linda was nearby, I would have given her a flower, man. I thought the woman was going to break down on that call with you, actually. But I, I love the passionate and the emotional uh, involvement actually regarding um, Alvarez and I have to tell you I was rather floored when I saw the lineup about an hour before the game started and I'm thinking to myself and you can't say I'm wrong when I say that you always got to ride a hot bat correct well I personally would like to do that yes I mean doesn't it make okay. sense it's, it seems like common sense Ted right exactly exactly now I would never question Buck Showalter. I think it would be almost sacrilegious. But something, Sal, is going on. We don't know what it is. But 
I didn't see the post-game press conference. Did you hear anything? Did they ask any any rather sharp reporter ask why Alvarez wasn't in the lineup tonight and he went with Sanchez? I did not hear the explanation for that. I don't think that would be something that would be asked in the post-game. That might have been something that he addressed um, prior to the game, but I didn't catch his uh, meeting with the media, assuming that he did it. He usually does. I didn't catch that before the game. Uh, look, here, here's the thing. We don't have to hear it from him. You could just assume that it was wanting to get Sanchez at bats against the lefty. Maybe they thought Sanchez matched up better against Smiley than he would against the next day's starting pitcher. So it's something along those lines. It's not like they're trying to keep Alvarez from getting at bats. They want to get Sanchez at bats, and they felt like this was probably the best game to get him in of the series because Alvarez better be catching the next two. Well, well, what was wrong with having Sanchez DH and put Alvarez behind the plate? Well, because then you you're don't going, have a spot for you're Viendos. Going you're, you're going against a lefty, actually, so fortify the lineup with right-handed bats. What's the big deal? Right, but then you, then you don't have a spot for Vientos. I mean, unless you're saying Vientos should play third and then you take Beatty out because you're lefty, but now you already have... McNeil out because he's a lefty, and in your case, you'd be taking Beatty out. You know that's no good either because you're taking two of your best hitters out. So uh, I look, I, I I hate the I hate the lineup, and I also don't like the idea that you switch the DH as a versatile spot, meaning that once you know they feel like uh, they want to go with uh, you know whether it's a lefty righty matchup or whatever, you know lefties out of the game, they want to get Vogel back in there. Uh, I, I hate that, that you're taking Vientos out. Vientos should be playing every day at the DH spot. Get him at bats, and let's see what he can do once and for all. I agree with you, I agree with you there, but here's, what, here's what's killing me, actually. Like I said, like the, what your other previous caller said, bring in the young guys, let them play. I'm all for that, okay? Not because um, they're, they're tearing it up in Syracuse, but here's what I'm finding, unlike last year, that Buck's doing this year. The last two weeks, the front five guys, somehow he's been deviating a little bit, and that's a little odd. Now, I don't know if somebody's, if Epler is, is, is putting a little pressure. I don't, I can't see it. I can't see it. Buck is too, too much of a superstar manager to let a guy like Epler call the shots the way Cashman is manipulating and the matrix system up in the Bronx is manipulating Boone with his lineups actually. This is a totally different dynamic. The, the way think- that the way that it's explained, Ted, uh, the way that it was explained to me and I believe the way that it has been explained uh, at the very least on Baseball Night in New York by Andy Martino is that the roster is being constructed. I'm, look, I'm sure it's a collaborative effort, right, where Buck has some input, but Epler's making the decisions to bring these guys up or who they're bringing in. Buck is the guy who's writing out the lineup. So uh, according to that understanding, how if you don't like the lineup, that is with Buck Showalter. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, listen, a fam... I like fam in the sense that the guy goes to right field. I've seen some of his at-bats, and I, you know what? Every once in a while, I can live with I can live with a guy like that. I vogel back. Unfortunately, it, it's it's over. I mean, and you said with Sanchez, I have no idea what he's doing on a major league team, let alone the Mets. But this is just. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, is this his last life life saving moment in uh, in MLB? But um, I hope he proves this wrong. But it doesn't look like uh, it doesn't look like it. So listen, man, I yeah. appreciate it. And one last thing, if you don't mind, my. I got a feeling this game tonight between Boston and Miami, 
the only reason, and you might think I'm nuts, is because if we have to wait till next Thursday night for game one of the NBA Finals, they've got to stretch out this Eastern Conference Final Series in order for the money to get generated between TNT and... Uh, oh, why? Is that a... Is- is the game one of the finals is a set date already? That can't be. Yes, it is. It's next Thursday night. It can, they couldn't. No matter what. No matter what. Yeah, so I see what you're saying because they want either. And thank you for the call, Ted. So then, yeah, the fix is in. They put the call into the refs. Hey, look, Denver swept. We need one of these series to drag it out a little bit to get us to next Thursday. Can't have that many off days in between. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I could see where you come up with that. You know, as far as the Mets go, see, here's the problem. This is the truth of it. And again, I'm not hearing this from anybody. I'm just using common sense. Why wouldn't Vientos be up here to start the year once the Mets DFA Darren Ruff? Probably because the Mets don't think Vientos is good, right? Or they don't really love him or trust him. And we saw him a little bit last year. Not that he got a full run, but he wasn't good last year down the stretch when he had a little bit of an opportunity. Then the Mets offense goes out there and struggles to start the year. Then Vientos hits a home run, it seems, every you know friggin' day in the minors. And they had no choice but to bring him up. Now he comes up here, and he hits the big two-run homer in his first game and really hasn't done anything since. And today he goes 0 for 2 with a couple of strikeouts. Buck is like, I've seen enough. And he goes with Daniel Vogel back, trusting Vogel in the big spot. The problem is not the pinch hit there, it's pinch hitting with Vogelback. Buck doesn't have good enough options. Vientos isn't going to be the guy. Now, while he's here, I want to see him play the majority of the time and get opportunities to determine whether I think he's the guy or not. But I think the Mets have already made that decision where they don't love Vientos. That, to me, is kind of clear by the actions over the last couple of years. And even now, where you would think, okay, they call him up, let's see him go to work, let him be the DH. It's not going to be the case. He's just going to be involved in a part-time or platoon type of way. That's what I mean when you say, oh, bring up the kids, let the kids play, let the kids play. It's not, you know, Beatty is a legitimate major leaguer. Alvarez, I think, is going to be a stud. These are two guys who had high expectations, top prospects, and you can see some of that potential in them already. With Vientos, I, I don't believe that they like him, and I'm not sure I've seen anything to make me convinced that he's going to be good. Big two-run homer the other night, as we said last week, and he's got some pop, but I want to see if they give him a consistent run if he can have that consistent pop that they so sorely need. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We have a mic and you have a phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal Licata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. I loved hearing from Aaron Rodgers today. I was driving in, listening to Carton and Roberts, and they went to... Think about this. We're in May. I can't remember, if ever, the last time I gave a crap about the NFL or football or something that specific to hear from a quarterback in May. But with this, Aaron Rodgers talking in May at OTAs, couldn't get enough of it. I love Aaron Rodgers. Love, 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 love Aaron Rodgers. How could you not? Man, the Jeff fans got to be so excited. I'm not worried about the calf issue or whatever. Like, that's going to happen. But, you know, obviously you hope it doesn't happen during the season. But as Rodgers said, the 40-year-old body, I mean, look, things do happen. He'll be fine, and he'll play through some pain and all that stuff. Uh, I'm not worried about his toughness or his ability to stay healthy. But just the leadership, the way that he is changing the building, Rodgers is going to be a savior for the Jets in more ways than one, not just on the field this year, but also changing the culture, changing the way that that organization operates, bringing credibility and respect there, bringing a winning way, and the best case, and this is what I said at the time, you know, before the Jets even were making the move to get him, you hope that he has enough success here and builds enough of a foundation to when the next guy comes in, it's a level of comp- um, uh What am I looking for? Um, what, what am I looking for? Uh, competent? Competency. Is that the word, Fleece, that I'm looking for? I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, and maybe I need to eat more veggies or something like that. You want it to be a competent organization and have them in a spot where they're functioning. Well, obviously, it's not going to be like the Chiefs and Andy Reid, but you want that foundation to be built to where players can come in and be a part of an already successful machine as opposed to, hey, Zach Wilson, you're the number two pick. We got nothing else around you, but here you go. Here are the keys. Build us into a winner. Now you have a veteran proven winner trying to establish a culture and help build a winning foundation here with the Jets. I cannot get enough of Rodgers and his quotes, whether he's talking about X's and O's, whether he's talking about Jet fans on Long Island. He's smart too, Rodgers. He gets it. He is smart. Or whether he's talking about Jersey Shore. Cannot get enough of Aaron Rodgers. Benjamin is calling from Uniondale. What's up, Benjamin? Hey, Sal. How you doing? Good, Benjamin. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I just wanted to talk about the uh, about Judge being clutch in the ninth. Um, I was with my family at, in the, you know, at the dinner table, and then I we had the game in the background because I, I like to watch it while I eat, and my parents don't mind anymore. But... Um, I saw King get out of the top of the ninth, and then when it comes back to the bottom of the ninth with uh, my girlfriend asked me, because she was there with us, you think they're going to do it? And I said, yeah, they got the top of the order. Glaber was hitting uh, two for three that day. Judge was going to come up clutch. I just had faith in that. And then Rizzo's been hot lately. So 
I, I just knew I had the feeling that Judge was going to come clutch. And it was a huge home run. I, I, I didn't think one way or another – is he going to get it done or not? But obviously I'm thinking it's a possibility. I just was watching it, and once you saw the swing, once you saw the ball lift, uh, fly off the bat, you knew it was gone. I was like, oh, my God, Judge did it. And it's just incredible. I mean, an incredible moment for Judge. Silencing the haters. Sil- if you're a Yankee fan and you booed Aaron Judge last year, you should be ashamed of yourself. Exactly, exactly. And um, I think who was? Who, who was it, the, the closer for the Orioles? Felix Bautista, am I right? Uh, I'm not even sure. I can look it up real quick. Uh, have it right here. I, anyway, I but you see him smiling. At yeah, you can't pitch. Uh, yeah, Bautista. You you can't pitch to Aaron. You can't. Felix Bautista, who's been very good, uh, as a matter of fact. But you can't pitch the judge there. I mean, you, you can't pitch him any time, to be honest with you. Pitch around him. Don't give him anything to hit. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. I was telling my girlfriend, I'm a little worried because I know Bautista's been uh, incredible this year. And then I saw Judge, Judge gets caught up on the on the two fastballs. And then my sister, I told her um, he was getting obviously he wasn't getting it right. And I said he's going to throw a breaking ball. And if mm. it's in the zone, Judge is going to hit it. If it's not, he's obviously not going to swing because Judge is very good at keeping you know the, keeping his swing in mm-hmm. check when his uh, ball's out of the zone. But I saw it. Once I saw it over the plate, I knew he was going to blast that thing out of there. Yep, and he did. And a great moment for the Yankees. And then once they got through, and thank you for the call, Benjamin, once they were able to get through the top half of the 10th inning, you know. See, I don't love extra inning games now with the the rule. I mean, I'm not as opposed to it as some other people are. But you can't, whether, whether you like it or not, I guess the point is, whether you like it or not, you can't deny the fact that it cheapens the game. It does cheapen it. Because you know the Yankees won that game in the top half of the 10th. Michael King was able to get out of the inning without allowing a run. When you get through that without allowing a runner from second, you're winning that game 99.9% of the time. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but especially if you're the Yankees at home. Come on. You're winning the game. You're not going to be able to score the runner from second base? I know that sometimes it doesn't happen, but ultimately you felt like that's over. You win that game in the top half of the 10th inning. And it's such it feels like, at least, such an advantage for the home team. Happened with the Mets the other night against the Rays. Extra innings clearly favor the home team. And it just, I don't know, to me it cheapens it a little bit. I'm not saying it's got to go away. I understand it's probably not, but it does cheapen the games. Or the feeling of the it, it it's like it is like uh, like a shootout in hockey. It cheapens it a little bit. Not like a clean win in overtime. Chase is calling from Monroe. What's up, Chase? What's up, Sal? Um, I just wanted to call. I was at the game tonight, and man, like it was it was incredible. A lot of ups and downs, but you know there was no better feeling than seeing Judge hit that bomb with the O two count. And then, you know, the kid coming in clutch, you know, I was, obviously it wasn't a hit, but, you know, sacrifice fly to win the game. Couldn't ask for, you know, a better night. No, that's a dream scenario if you're a Yankee fan going to that game, Chase. You're there. You say, you, I'm assuming you stay to the end, right? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, Even you after, you know, Cole, Cole started off a little shaky tonight, so... Yeah, I mean, you know, for you get you get behind like that, it's discouraging. You know, down four nothing with your ace on the mound. Thank you for the call, Chase. 
You're down 4 nothing with your ace on the mound, and then you're starting to think, man, these Orioles are pretty good this year. Maybe this is a different story. Forget about the Jays. we got to worry about the Orioles. But then the Yankees come back. Bader hits the home run to get them started, manufacture some runs, chip away, tie the game. And even though they go back uh, behind again, Judge ties it in the ninth inning. Just a great win. And Volpe with the walk-off. You're right, wasn't a base hit, but got the job done with the sacrifice. Look, there's a lot to love about this Yankees team. you got to be excited because this team can go out there and compete to win a World Series. They were built to do so, and now you're seeing it. And they're not even whole yet. Rodon, Stanton, you're talking about two all-stars that are potentially going to be added to this team. Sevy just getting back in the mix, the bullpen. Yankees are loaded. They're better than the Jays. They're better than the Orioles. They're better than the Rays. There's one team that the Yankees have to prove to be better than come October. It's going to be the same song and dance, assuming that the Astros are there. I know the Yankees will be there. I know the Astros are hot now as well. But I'm saying, will they meet? Maybe somebody knocks off Houston before we could get uh, that rematch. But you just get the feeling that those are the two teams. I guess the West, if anything, could be, you know, whether it's Seattle or Texas, maybe that scares you mildly. But ultimately, the competition should be in the American League East, and I don't think that there is. There's competition, but they're not on the Yankees' level. And outside of that, it's the Astros. Talek got it back on the fan, 877-337-6666. An incredible Yankee win as they continue to roll. The Mets had a dud of a game in Chicago. The best thing about that game was, in fact, the stadium that it was being played in. You know what I love about Wrigley? First of all, it's just, I mean, it's beautiful. And I said this earlier on Baseball Night in New York, that if I could watch one baseball game, Assuming that you can't bring back Shea Stadium, which would be, you know, that's my home. I grew up going there. I loved it. But if I could watch one baseball game the rest of my life, I would want to watch it in Wrigley. I love Fenway Park, too. But Wrigley, you know, growing up as a fan of the National League, watching the Mets play there as a 7-year-old or 8-year-old, whatever. And that's something. Think about that. Isn't it crazy that the same thing for the Yankee fan who watched their team play the Red Sox at Fenway Park all those years? Or even the Mets in 86 with Fenway. Like, those two stadiums, Dodger Stadium, I guess you could throw in there as well. Kansas City, which is why I enjoyed going to Kansas City and watching the Yankees, growing up watching the Yankees playing Kansas City all those years. The stadiums that are still the same that I remember watching as a kid growing up watching, they're so freaking special to me. And obviously none more so than Wrigley. Um, and it's just anytime you watch a game there, it brings you back. Gives you all the feels. Wrigley Fenway, two must-go-tos if you haven't by now. Margie is calling from Monmouth County, New Jersey. Hi, Margie. Hi, Sal. How are you? Good, Margie. How are you? Well, I'm still driving home from the game. Uh, my 12-year-old daughter is passed out in the back. But I was laughing earlier when you uh, when you spoke to that caller who was in his 30s because uh, you said, you know, it, it changes when you're married and you've got kids. Well, I've got a 2-year-old and a 12-year-old. And took the, my 12-year-old daughter to the game and stayed to the bitter end and had an amazing time. So, Great for you. Uh, now, where's, wanted... the, where, where's the two-year-old, Margie? 
Uh, the two-year-old's with my husband. <laughs> we, oh, we've taken it... her to games before, but not this late, and it, it's it's not worth it at this age. You know, she'll come to games later when she's older, but my my amazing husband stayed home with her tonight, so oh. I had a, a special night with my daughter. Um, but my daughter said early in the game, she's, or actually towards the end of the game, she said, I'm glad it, it, they were down for nothing because I knew they were going to claw back, and it made it that much more exciting. And, you know, she's absolutely right. And I feel like this is the season. I, I prefer this season to last year because we started at the bottom and we're going to work our way to the top. And it's just a thrilling, thrilling ride the whole way. So I'm, I'm just happy to share it with my daughter. And uh, it, it was it was worth the traffic getting home. I'm still not home, uh, but I'm completely wired and excited and uh, just thrilled for this season. So I just wanted There's... to call to share that. Well, thank you so much, Marge. I'm glad you had a great night with your daughter. I'm gra- glad you're taking the time to listen here on your way home. I'm glad it was worth it for you, and you know who the real MVP of the game is tonight? Uh, my daughter. <laughs> well, yes, co-MVP, your MVP? husband. Your, your husband, husband Margie. Husband. Oh, your husband, husband made it all happen. He's at oh, home listen, taking one he, for the team. He is the MVP every day of my life, not just tonight. So he, he gets the award. Uh, absolutely every night every day so i'm really lucky oh that's great and, and thank you for the call marge i'm glad you shared the story with us see that's a positive story i love hearing that but it is a pain in the neck you have to admit not that you you know look all right your husband you have two kids so good to go your husband stays home with a two-year-old because you're right that's a nightmare taking a two-year-old to the game especially at this hour i mean there's no chance zero chance so you take your 12-year-old daughter, you have a great day. She And I'm, I'm with you, Marge, if you heard me before say it, I like this better for the Yankees. Last year was kind of boring. I know you, you, it's hard to say that when you're winning, but when they get out in front to the extent that they did and were never really challenged, it was always like, eh, just get us to October. Now you have the fun of chasing the teams down. And the Yankees have already leapfrogged the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. Toronto's up next. And only five games back of the Rays now. So the chase is fun. But that's great. Taking your 12-year-old daughter to the game. Bonding. She'll never forget this. Stayed for the whole game. And she's asleep. Good to go. And you got to deal with the traffic and the commute home. Oh, God. I just, I've been there so many times. At my age, I don't really have it in me anymore. I know it's sad. I Believe me, 20-year-old me hates me. 20-year-old Sal hates 43-year-old Sal. I would be so disgusted with myself. Although I will say, and I said this uh, last week, I think, when I was talking about this, that when I start taking my daughter to games, assuming she wants to go, if she gets into it, I will teach her the right way, and that is to stay through the end. If you're going to go to the game, go to the game. Don't just go in passing like, ah, yeah, let me check the box. We'll go get some Shake Shack or go get some, you know, the, the bucket of chicken at Yankee Stadium. Don't, you know, just, you don't just pass by. If you're going to go to the game, go to the game. You know what I'm saying, Mitchell and Fort Lee? If you're going to go, you stay till the end, right? You stay till the end. I stay to the end, Sal. What a game. What a game. But I have to tell you, before we get to the positive, I don't care what Boone said today because we heard in the car driving home about LeMayo. How, there's no way possible that he, he Lemayo called that on his own to, to bunt on the second time. It, there's no way possible to do it. Because, Sal, it doesn't make any sense. The first time, I agree. It was a good play to do. He missed it. But the second time, that's, 
Boone should have said, yeah, he made a mistake and did it. But, again, like I told you last night, Sal, the Yankees will never win a championship with Boone being the manager of this team. That was just a dumb play. And the stadium went crazy. Sal, they were going crazy. When, when that happened, they went, like, you've got to be joking me. You have, you have your number four hitter up. The only thing he has to do is hit the ball to the outfield, get a single, and you tie up the game. But, no, he doesn't do it. So, he, Boone but got I don't think it was but- Boone. Uh, you can't just say, I don't care what Boone says. You're blaming. It was LeMayhew. It was a stupid play by LeMayhew. But I don't think it's LeMay who called that on him. He did it on his own. And Boone had to do it because there's no way possible, and we all sat in the stands, we all said it, was that if you're going to do a suicide squeeze or you're going to do a safety squeeze, the Torres would have to know about it. But LeMay couldn't do it by himself because it wouldn't work. Because there's no way you're going to bunt it there. And he, as soon as he bunted, Torres went straight home. It, so it, 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 it makes sense. Well, it was a it, terrible it, play. It, I don't care if it, it was Boone, if it was LeMayu. It was an awful play, and it should have never happened. Right. It was inexcusable. Okay, and it was so it was an awful idea and an even worse execution. LeMayu has not right. looked good. I like LeMayu. He has just not looked good, whether it's at the plate at times or definitely in the field. He's looked terrible defensively at third base. Mm-hmm. He had a nice hit. He had, he had one nice hit tonight, but but I have to tell you when when it was zero two and we said it after the second after Judge hit this, uh, you know, popped, you know, missed on the second one and to the backstop. I said he this guy's gonna throw a change up. He's just gonna bash it. And he bashed it. The place went bombs. Oh my god! He did bash it. It was a great moment. You knew. I mean, you leave a fat pitch like that over the plate, he's gonna crush it, and he did. He does it every time. Right, right. now. Now, Sal, I know that you said this, and, and hopefully you won't get angry. You said a few weeks ago the Yankees should say goodbye to Boone and Cashman. Do you think you might want to change your uh, opinion well, about that a little bit now? Well, if you've been listening, I've been consistent on it. I said right. that the Yankees needed a change in right. the vision of the organization. I've never blamed Aaron Boone once. The, okay. the time I said to make the change was two years ago, not last season, the year before where the Yankees were struggling, looking like they weren't going to make the playoffs. Really awful right. year. They ended up winning 92 games. A bad right. year for them is winning 92 games. But I said that they needed to change the vision and the voice, the leadership in the organization. That was it. Cashman was great. But the same way that Cashman told Girardi, hey, time for a change, that's what I would have told Brian Cashman. And I stand by that's that. Right. I still think that there are flaws with this team. However... When you see now Bader, and by the way, that's Cashman who traded for Harrison Bader. When you see what Judge has done last year and now again this year, when you see what Volpe can be, I think that they might have enough to be able to get the job done this year to go out there and win a World Series. I think they're missing two things, but one thing I have to say, Cashman trading Montgomery for for Bader has been a huge it's an A++. I mean, since Bader's been back this year, Sal, he's done everything. He catches every ball in the outfield. He gets clutch hits. He just changes the whole team atmosphere. But and I, I was one of the few I was one of the few that said, be careful with this trade. You know, everybody was knocking it at the time. I was one of the few who was not knocking it at the time. And, you know, I never thought Bader would be this type of player or that type of player in the postseason offensively. But... Cashman was brilliant for going out there and knowing that good center fielders are hard to find. He found one that's great defensively and that's a gamer. He's got an edge to him, and the guy's a gamer, and he's clutch. Right. My two things, Sal, that I think the Yankees should do now going forward, not not today, but, you know, in the next couple weeks, go find a left fielder that can play left field with a bat. And maybe you can get a bat with a lefty. That would be great, well, but I don't well, know if that's going to happen. What about John Carlo? You don't think he's going to be the guy when he comes back? Sal, Sal, 
Sal, let's, let's, John Carlo, if you're really going to bring up, the, the problem with the Yankees on that problem is that if you're going to, if you're going to bring him back, let him play the outfield and let him do it. Every time he just DHs, he gets hurt. It's, it's, watch it. Every time he's, every, when he plays the field, he doesn't well, get hurt. That's what I'm saying. So you're saying you want a left fielder. If they have John Carlo in the outfield, whether they put John Carlo in left or like they said to start the year, maybe put him in right and move Aaron Judge to left. Now you have you that left that. fielder. You don't do that. You need to put John Carlo in left field. That's fine, but the Yankees are not going to do that. They're going to put him in DH, and he'll get in. As soon as he comes back, after a week, he'll get injured again. And the other thing the Yankees have to do is go get another bullpen guy, and it's time to put King as the closer. King showed it tonight what he has. I mean, he was lights out tonight, so he was just lights out. He was great. I'm glad you had a good time at the game, Mitchell, and thank you for the call. Thanks for the invite. I mean, of course you don't invite me tonight. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't be able to go anyway. And if I did, I wouldn't be able to stay for the whole thing. Um, King is more than a closer. He's a weapon. You don't want to just use him in the ninth inning only. You want to be able to use him in key spots throughout the course of a game, wherever you may need him for an inning or two. That's more valuable than just saying he's the closer. You know, he might be the most trusted reliever, and that's a valuable thing. Bullpens have evolved here where you really don't need a closer. Let me rephrase that. It's not that you don't need a closer, but the closer isn't used anymore in the traditional closer way. Even Edwin Diaz last year, I think he's the best example of it because you cannot be more dominant than he was a year ago. And he wasn't used exclusively to close games. He was used to get through the toughest spots toward the end of games. The heart of the order in the eighth inning or seventh inning, whatever it may be. And obviously, of course, closing out a bunch of games as well. So that's where the Yankees are going to use Michael King. Just deploy him wisely. But he's a great weapon for Aaron Boone. It's all working for the Yankees right now. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.